Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, April 2nd, 2014. Today we're reading from the big book. You're going to find us on page 42, that first paragraph beginning with two of the members of Alcoholics Anonymous. Today's readers are Dana B. on the 12 Steps, Liz S. reading the 12 Traditions, and our big book readers Michelle H., Penny C., and Deborah R., And the reference number for yesterday's meeting, that's Tuesday, April 1st, is 6119. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Dana B. to read the 12 steps, please. Dana, press star one to unmute. I'm sorry. Um, this is Dana B. from Colorado. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to to, to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you. I will now ask Liz S. to read the 12 traditions, please. 
Hi, this is Liz S., uh, recovering compulsive reader. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Liz. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We cracked it open to more about alcoholism on page 42. We're beginning with the first paragraph, but the comments will be directed to paragraph number two. Paragraph one is a recap. And I'll ask Michelle H., to get us started, please. Thank you. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. This is Michelle H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Missouri. Two of the members of Alcoholics Anonymous came to see me. They grinned, which I didn't like so much, and then asked me if I thought myself alcoholic and if I were really licked this time. I had to concede both propositions. They piled on me heaps of evidence to the effect that an alcoholic mentality such as I had exhibited in Washington was a hopeless condition. They cited cases 
out of their own experience by the dozen. This process snuffed out the last flicker of conviction that I could do the job myself. Then they outlined the spiritual answer and program of action, which a hundred of them had followed successfully. Though I had been only a nominal churchman, their proposals were not intellectually hard to swallow. But the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out of the window. That was not easy. But the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved, as in fact it proved to be. And so focusing on the the second paragraph, um, I I look up at the first paragraph and see what has happened. Um, And with with recovered people um, in my own life visiting me um, and asking me, um, through their, sharing their experience, if I really thought that I had the mind of a compulsive overeater, or if I was really, you know, a compulsive overeater, and if this time I was licked, if this time, um, you know, there were no more answers, and I did, I did finally concede to both those propositions, then, then the um, program, the spiritual answer was outlined for me, and that spiritual answer was received by me, because I, I then believed that it was going to take you know, a spiritual solution for me, not a human solution. And, um, you know, it brings me that that first sentence, you know, um, program of action, which a hundred of them had followed successfully. So this had worked for other people. And that was something that was was an inspiration for me and that um, something I could hold on to. And um, it reminds me of page 25, um, when it says, but we really saw that it um, that it really worked in others, but we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. So those two things happened for me too. I saw it worked for others, and I saw that my life was hopeless and, and futile the way I'd been living it. And so at that point, you know, therefore, I was approached by those in whom the problem had been solved. And there was nothing left for me to do but to pick up the simple spiritual kit, you know, the spiritual tools that were laid at my feet. And those are the steps. And that's what the rest of the paragraph starts to talk about. And, um, you know, it's a program of action. But first, you know, I have to accept that I am a real compulsive overeater and that this is the answer for me. And, um, you know, the program of action, as we've, we've been taught on Vision for You, is steps four through nine. And, um, you know, they're sensible, they make sense to me, but they are pretty drastic. And what has to happen is an entire psychic change. You know, it meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out of the window. Um, that wasn't easy. Um, we know it's a simple program. We know it's not easy, but we have guides. People have gone before us. I have hope. And the same um, program that worked for others has worked for me today. Um, but but not without some work, not without some action. And for me, too, the truth is that the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, I made that decision in step three. Um, I did have that curious feeling that my alcoholic or my compulsive overeating condition was relieved. I took that leap of faith and um, then decided to go through with the steps, the action steps four through nine, which would as I've been taught and we're taught on this line, will remove the mental obsession 
that mental blank spot that's always going to take me back to that first bite. And I'm so grateful today that those who have recovered have stuck around, um, made that commitment to carry the message, the spiritual answer outlined in the program that's been successful for so many people. And grateful to to be able to today, this 24 hours, to count myself among them. And um, thanks, I'll pass. Thank you, Michelle. Um, Who would like to share on this paragraph, the second paragraph that we read? Kim. This is Katie F. Larry. Okay, I heard Kim, Katie F., and then Larry. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And uh, before I go to that second paragraph, I like looking at the word if, because if then is a conditional statement. If this is true, then this then this can happen. So if I thought myself an alcoholic, and if I were really lit this time. So once again, they're stressing. I have to be convinced that I'm a compulsive overeater, and I have to be done. I have to be done. Out of ideas. And if that is true, then they put, they um, outline a spiritual answer and the program of action. So for me, that's really changed the way I give beginners meetings. It's really changed the way that I sponsor. Because until they get to the point, it's problem, 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 problem. Until they understand their problem. Until they are fully conceived, I can't even introduce the program of action. So what happens? He's introducing this program of action. But the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out the window. So the big conception for me was more, more. More money will make me happy. More men will make me happy. More food will make me happy. More stuff. More, more, more. And this program of action is about subtraction. Even when I got into OA, it was like more Tupperware more complicated food plans, more meetings, and I always felt empty. So this is a program of subtraction. You know, if you had asked me prior to embarking on steps four through nine, Ken, what are some of your positive qualities? I would have told you, well, I'm extremely independent. I'm very self-sufficient. I'm very stubborn. And I get things done. I'm a people pleaser because I'm so nice to other people. And what I found from this program of action was those were some of my biggest liabilities. Those were the main things that were blocking me from having a higher power because who needs a higher power when you're God? I was playing God my whole life, and I was terrified while doing it. So what does 4 through 9 do for us? Steps 4 and 5, we get rid of our resentments, we get rid of our fears, and we get rid of our sex conduct and harms to others. In 6 and 7, we recognize those character defects, some of the ones I just mentioned, and we turn them over to God. Good or bad, we stop judging things. We say, God, you take from everyone. And then steps 8 and 9, we get rid of ourselves, we get rid of our guilt, we get rid of our shame, and we get rid of our, our, just the guilt and shame we have because by doing our amends. And by that process of removing that stuff, we get a relationship with God and we get a spiritual experience so we no longer want the food. And that will continue as long as, in steps 10, 11, and 12, we continue to work towards these principles presented in this program, and we give up those things which were blocking us. So this is so essential. First, the problem, are we done? 
then the program of action. And what does that program of action? Yes, it was pretty drastic. And it meant I would have to have several lifelong conceptions thrown out the window. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. KDS, go ahead. Katie, are you there? Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. I wanted to focus on this one sentence. It meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out of the window. That was not easy. That was not easy. And for me, I had been in OA for six years. I had gone to my first OA meeting uh, seven years before that, so when I was 14 years old. So my whole life had been centered around my eating problem, being obsessed with eating, dieting, and weight. And so I thought I knew a lot. And I had to throw all those ideas out the window. Every idea I had about how I should do things, I had to relearn. It's like, you know, someone who's had a stroke and they have to relearn how to do um, everything in life. And that's the way I was when I got abstinent, that every situation that came along, Katie, we lost you. Can you press star unmute, star one to unmute? Okay, am I back? Yes, you are. Okay. Okay, so I had to relearn everything, and I had to be willing to say that I don't know how to do this. That idea in my head, well, this is the way I've always done it, had to be thrown out on everything, not just with the food, but every interaction, every... Um, you know, all of my character defects that I thought were good qualities, like Kim just talked about. You know, I thought that I was, you know, an okay person except for my little eating problem. And it turned out I didn't know how to deal with anything. So, you know, that's what this fellowship, you know, and this accountability with a sponsor and having a relationship with God on a daily basis is all about, that I don't just, you know eat my food properly now, and then live the rest of my life the way I've always lived it. Everything about my life has changed, but it didn't change overnight. It didn't change the first time I did steps four through nine. It's a lifelong process of learning and dealing in a different way that is completely, for me, contrary to how I ever acted because I started with this disease at a very young age, and I'm, you know, at least three generations into a life of um, compulsive overeating. So my um, heritage has been that this is what you do. You know, you eat, you, uh, you know, you cut off relationships after, you know, if they don't go your way, and just all these generational things that, you know, can be different as a result of working these steps uh, with that past. Thank you, Katie. And Larry, it's your turn. Good morning, Kathy. Thanks for your service this morning. Uh, this is Larry, recovered uh, compulsive overeater from Chicago. So, so here we are, and, and, and you know, it talks about again. Then they outline the spiritual answer and the program of action, which a hundred of them had followed successfully. You know, the Big Book reminds me that the spiritual life 
you know, is not a theory. I have to live it. You know, the, you know, I mean, among other things, among many other things, if we get into the details, one of the differences between this thing, you know, if you're on the line this morning, what the heck is the difference between this thing and, uh, you know, a diet club, uh, you know, because, I mean, what got you here? I knew what got me here is I was fat. I was miserable in my fat. And I thought that was essentially my problem. I was to learn later. I had, I had a, few, a few other issues. But um, but that's what got me here. So I, I just wanted to come here to lose some weight. <clears throat> but what's different is this program, you know, what's inherent in this program. This program is a spiritual program. That's what makes it different. And yes, you know, you know, why you know, this spiritual life is a is is not a theory, a conceptualization. We have to live it, live, action, do. We have to do it. So, so why was it that I treated this this as a pro rather than a program of action? I treated it as a program of inaction instead of a program of action. You know, getting on the line this morning, which I, I do most mornings as as you do, um, is great. It, it's a terrific thing. I enjoy being here with everyone, and I enjoy all the people I, I get to meet. It's beautiful, but it is not one of the steps. It's not one of the steps that I can see. You know, the big book was written by people who did exactly what they wrote about. And if we do what they did, we're going to get precisely what they got. I got exactly what Bill Wilson got. Exactly. No different. He didn't drink. He didn't pick up at a certain point when he worked these, these conceptions you know, these principles in all his affairs, he got something. I got the same exact thing. I'm not unique. He wasn't unique in that sense. So why in the world would we do anything else? Yet perhaps our egos are, um, I know for me, we're still intact. You know, the sledgehammer that is this disease had not smashed my ego. It was intact. And, you know, millions have recovered, millions upon millions have recovered following the footsteps forged by the first 100 uh, people in whom the problem had been solved. Why? Why Why was that? Because it works. And I think maybe, you know, I, I want to save my own life by throwing myself perhaps into the task of doing, diligently following this program of action, which is the steps not conceptualization and thinking about it. And some of the conceptions, you know, a conception that I had to throw out of the window, we've heard some other ones that we, we have a lot of them, but, you know, maybe some of these will resonate with you. Um, the first one for me, good intent is not, it, good intent is enough. That was my old conception. If I intended for, things, for there to be a good outcome, I never intended to hurt anyone. It was never my intent. But I hurt people all the time. Good intent is enough. No, good intent is not enough. You have good intent for being on the line. I do as well. Sorry, not enough. You, you'll still die in your disease. You could be on this line every morning and you still may die in your disease. Sad to say. You know, the other conception, if I apply my will and give greater efforts, good things will come of it. Sounds reasonable. Wrong for me. Because, you know, if I apply my will and try harder, 
along the wrong pathway, I'm just going to get along the wrong pathway even further. And that's why, you know, some of the things that we hear, some of the nonsense that we hear, you know, and I say that with love in my heart, but some of the nonsense we hear in the rooms is destined to get me dead faster. That was my experience. I'm no expert, just my personal experience. If I'm destined to drive off a cliff, you know, holding onto the steering wheel tighter and, and, and getting more comfortable in my seat and, and stepping on the accelerator only ensures my demise more quickly. I'm going to drive off that cliff more quickly. And I never intended to drive off the cliff. But that was the outcome. You know, I'm certainly taking more action, but it's the wrong action. If you're listening on the line and doing nothing, that's the wrong action. You are going to fly off the cliff faster. The God of, you know, the other one, the God of my understanding was not going to help me with my binge eating. You know, I'll continue to, to fry my own fish and fry everything else that tastes good. And any, you know, and God has had bigger fish to fry than my, my little problem. Of course, I learned that it was a much larger problem, a problem uh, of living. You know, in the other conception, you know, some change is simply not possible. I mean, my bag of problems is bigger than yours. You know, it's bigger, and, 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 and so, of course, I'm going to eat over it, and, and nothing's going to change. You know, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So the moment Fred made up his mind to go through the process, he had the curious feeling that his alcohol condition was relieved. The word go is an action verb. To move, the word go, by definition, to move from one place or point to another. You, you would think that my struggle, my hellish life, would, would move me towards action. Nope. An action requires that we do something to achieve an aim. It's a thing done, not a thing contemplated, considered, pondered, day after day, Groundhog Day. You know, but then pick up the food later. What are you doing for the next 20, you know, 23 hours? You know, are you peaceful, serene? If the food's down and you feel like crap, angry, bitter, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's another way. So I'm so grateful. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm grateful for my life. God did this for me. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. Wow, I love this paragraph. It's a paragraph with a hope. Yes, there is a hope. And it's a paragraph before we said it's like a similar, it's a disease, like it seems like it's a hopeless. No. It seems, it looks like it's hopeless, but there is a hope. And when there is a hope, the spiritual answer. Yes, this is the spiritual answer. We took care of the allergy of the body. We are now, we took off the, the alcoholic food. We, we know that we have the obsession in the mind. The obsession in the mind can be fixed only by the spiritual answer. And what is the spiritual answer? 
the program of action. Before the program, yes, I thought I have the power. I thought I have the control. And yet, I didn't do nothing. I just was busy blaming everybody beside me why I cannot lose weight. I didn't... Now I know that I had the fear, but then I didn't know that I have a fear to take an action. I just didn't lose because of, if only, if only I would lose weight. And now it's such a miracle. It's a miracle that now when I accept and admit that I don't have the power and I am powerless over the food, I get the power of action. And what is the power of action? To be able to choose one day at a time. To choose. And all the time we have 24-7 opportunities to choose. And it's okay. It's okay. I don't have to know everything all the time. I am allowed to do mistakes. And it's okay. Today I choose something that it wasn't good, that it wasn't that fine, it was a mistake, it's okay. I accept and admit because I know that I don't have the power and I am not perfect. I am not looking anymore to be perfect. I am looking for the progress. And yes, only by being connected to God, to the spiritual answer, I have the power to do the action, to take the action. I have the power to choose one day at a time. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Um, Lauren S., it's your oh. Okay. Ahead. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jazzed. Oh, Lauren S. from Pittsburgh. Recovered compulsive reader. I'm so jazzed by this paragraph because this contains. Okay, I gotta meditate for a second. Okay, I'm back. This paragraph contains the basis of what me and fellows in Pittsburgh like to call the set aside prayer. Whenever it says, it meant I would have to throw life, several lifelines lifelong conceptions out the window to go through this program of action. My set-aside prayer that I like to say is, God, please enable me to set aside everything I think I know for an open mind and a new experience. Help me see the truth about, and then I fill in the blank, perhaps it's about the allergy my inventory. Today I could say, help me see the truth about the big book, what I'm going to share to vision for you, Um, the current agnosticism, this paragraph in the book. And um, whenever Fred is um, discussing he made up his mind, that to me is his surrender. He surrendered to go through the process. And whenever I took my first step surrender, 
which to be quite honest, I was doing my first step before I came into the rooms. The food is what allowed me to finally surrender and give up any third option where I was left with two options, surrender to the program of recovery or die or die a better and lonely death as we read. I think, where did we read that? A couple pages ago. And, oh, man. Okay. I think, I think I have said what I needed to say. Thank you very much. I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, Elaine, would you like to share? Thanks for your service, Kathy. This is Elaine, a a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, thanks so much. This paragraph really encapsulates the key that opened my door to freedom. When I came into OA 10 years ago, um, I learned the tools and went to a lot of meetings that, that really reinforced the working of the tools but I immediately saw that people who had done the steps the way they're laid out in the book had a, a level of peace, serenity, and relationship with God that I, I longed for. And so about four years into my journey, I went anywhere I could to try to have an opportunity to work the steps. And that began a, a six-year process of trying to, you know, working with different sponsors and trying to get through the steps, I, I literally spent almost six years doing turnarounds during that time. I remember, um, I remember redefining my food plans so that I could say I was still abstinent. I remember committing foods that I hid as, you know, vegetables because they were foods that I was really obsessing over. Um, I remember having a tug of war with my sponsor on the way to an event because I wanted to drink wine at the event. And these problems just increased and increased while I continued to work and work and work, do turnarounds, turnarounds, turnarounds. And, um, you know, I was not getting the recovery that I wanted. And I really understood that this was a spiritual program, but I had a, a, a spiritual relationship that had been enriched through my time in the rooms. And so I just went off on my own. Me and God, I'll take what you, what you, what you, you know, what you gave me. But this whole, this whole step work isn't working for me. And so I went out, and me and God, we're going to do it. And you know, I remember somebody telling me on the phone, "You're just not willing. The food, the food needs to beat you up some more." And I was mad. I, I really thought I had it. You know, lots of abstinence, even though it was redefined. And um, that's just what happened to me. Um, I, I went back out, and it was not long before those, you know, four horsemen were back at my door, before I, I was, you know, crawling back into the room, sitting in the way, way in the back, nothing to share, no smiles on my face, just thinking about where was I going to go to get a fix even after this meeting. Walking into that place that I had planned to go, seeing other people from the OA meeting and just being angry that I couldn't get my fix. And finally, in the middle of just desperation, 90 meetings in 90 days, somebody gave me the number to a vision for you. And I, I was willing. I was crawling. I was ready to surrender. No matter what it took, I wanted to do this program of action. And I was willing to really look at what my food issues were, what my food behaviors were, and just surrender. 
and I reapproach working the big book. There's a few ways you can do it. One of the first lines I read in a in um in some material is if the way you've been doing isn't working for you, try you know, try again, try another way. And, you know, within three months I had major spiritual awakenings that were sufficient to bring about recovery. I've learned how to um you know, deal with life on life's terms. I'm still learning. I'm still new. And I am so grateful for Vision for You and all the people that reinforce every day. We have got to work this program every single day. We are not, uh, we're not free men. We have a spiritual re- reprieve that is based on the maintenance of a fit spiritual condition through working these steps. And so I just want to express my gratitude for this paragraph this program and the fact that we can keep coming back and you know when the time is right when the food does us in we can come to this book we can do what everybody else has done that is recovered and we can achieve the same results thanks so much and with that i pass thank you elaine and um leia it's your turn Thank you very much, Kathy. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Then they outlined the spiritual answer and program of action, which 100 of them had followed successfully. What does that mean, successfully? Meaning that they had recovered. The obsession of the mind had been driven out. They carried a message of depth and weight. And they told me, you know, and I, and I relate to this. I mean, when this disease had beat me to a pulp, uh, to the point where I had a conviction that I could n- uh, not do the job myself. Um, you know, these these men and women who had recovered who spoke to me, uh, you know, they said that I didn't have to live this way if I didn't want to. Um, they said to me, you know, if you're not convinced, Leah, <laughs> go ahead and go eat some more. And when you're through eating and when you're convinced there's a way out, There's a way to live without having to binge your brains out to stand it. But you've got to not eat to experience that way of life. Not eating is the beginning of the recovery process. Then I had to implement this program of action. So freedom wasn't going to be free. You know, most things in life, uh, freedom of our nation isn't free. There's always a price to be paid. This program of recovery is simple. But it's not easy. A price had to be paid. First, that price was death, death of food for me. And then it had to be death of ego. But, you know, that, that was possible through the program of recovery. These recovered folks who spoke to me when I had tombstones in my eyes, uh, you know, had a message of depth and weight. They had a message of depth and weight. And they told me this program of recovery was going to take me on a journey that was going to transform me from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. That this is about living without having to compulsively overeat. This might look initially like it's about not compulsively overeating. But this is not about not compulsively overeating. This is about having, knowing, learning how to live sober food sober without having to binge my brains out to stand it. It's spiritual in nature. There's not a spiritual part of the program. It is a spiritual program. The entire thing is spiritual. You know, so, you know, if if you're a compulsive overeater of my type, what you don't know is how do you live in your house with your husband, your partner, your kids, 
go to your job and be with your colleagues or your boss or your mother or your father and not compulsively overeat to stand it. And that's the secret of these 12 steps. It says, but the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out the window. This was not easy. (laughs) Well, that's the secret of these 12 steps. The secret of these 12 steps, which are spiritual in nature, makes it possible to effectuate such a dramatic change in my personality and in my values that I have no need, I have no necessity to dig my fists into bags and boxes in order to walk this planet comfortably. The 12 steps allows that to happen. Through the 12 steps, I got free of the ism. I got put back together. Not by my own hand, but by the Master's hand. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. And Sharon. Thank you, Kathy. This is Sharon, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Can you hear me? Hello? I can. Yes, go ahead. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> Well, I just heard so many wonderful things. Uh, what I wanted to uh, just share on was the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body that I just did not get that. Um, I'm a slow learner, know-it-all, and so I, you know, believed it so strongly in another program, but I just was not able to accept it to the core of my being that is required in order to lay down all of my... Um, distorted, skewed, obsessive thinking, and I, too, did not know how to live life without thinking that I needed food to take the edge off now and then. And so that's what led me back over and over again to um, not be able to stay stopped. And, um, you know, the first three steps are pretty much summarized in simple form on page 60, I had to concede to my inmost being that, yes, I am alcoholic, cannot manage my own life, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism, and that God could and would if he were sought. And that was the drastic change that had to be put in place in order for me to go through then the rest of the steps, four through nine, and see how my my way of thinking that was so skewed just stirred up selfishness and self-centeredness, self-seeking, dishonesty, and fearful, fearful, fearful attitudes within me. So it has been um, a road, and the other thing that means so much to me that I now hear every day I hear on this line and have heard since I started listening in July of 2012 is that this program of action of a hundred of them who have followed this program successfully, and I hear that on this line, of these people on this line that continue to do this day in and day out, day in and day out, year in and year out. And I am so grateful to be a part of that and to see that working in my life as well. Um, and I, I too, you know, I was thinking yesterday, I was talking to someone on the line, and I, I write out a, um, every day on the line, this is a fact, this is a fact, because I did not accept facts. I wanted to live in a fantasy world, and that's a miserable place to live because it isn't real. 
and I was thinking about just the fact of gravity. You know, I can deny that gravity really is a fact, and I was sharing, you know, if I thought that gravity wasn't a fact, I could uh, go out on my balcony on the fourth floor and think that I could fly over to the park across the street so I could get my walk in. I mean, that's how insane my thinking is. And uh, only God, a power greater than myself, can restore that, and it's done through the through the steps four through nine that continue to show me I still was trying to live my life on life's terms. So I'm so grateful for this program. I welcome everybody out on the line. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you, Sharon. Okay, I think we'll move on to the next paragraph. Penny C., would you read it for us? Yes, good morning, Kathy. Thank you. This is Penny C., a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. Quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. I have since been brought into a way of living infinitely more satisfying and I hope more useful than the life I lived before. My old manner of life was by no means a bad one, but I would not exchange its best moments for the worst I have now. I would not go back to it even if I could. Gee, I just that the words, uh, my, my life before was by, by no means a bad one. Well, I'd have to say my life before uh, was certainly not a good one, so it must have been a bad one. I I was I was one of those people that um many people would have said this this lady's hopeless and and I was see now I realize seemingly hopeless so when I came and heard a couple of things that I heard at my first meeting one was that I had a disease and 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 so I I began to think positively well if I have a disease then let me treat it like a disease. And I'm a nurse, and so I decided I would treat my compulsive overeating as if I had diabetes. And then I heard what it says quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. When I heard that what I had was a spiritual malady, it was, it was so, so exciting to know what was wrong with me. It was the hole I was trying to fill by eating great quantities, constantly, going from refrigerator to cabinet to freezer down in the basement, looking for the thing that was going to fill that hole that I felt inside of me, that now when I heard about the spiritual malady and the spiritual principles that would would take care of that i realized that i was i was on the wrong track i was trying to fill a spiritual hole with material food and it was never going to be relieved thank god for his leading me to the rooms of oa where i learned what i needed to learn and i continued to learn i'm not sure i've i don't think i've learned all i need to learn but I learned sufficiently enough that today I realize that I must, I must continue 
to increase my spiritual life, to to do that 11th step, what the 11th step says, to, you know, increase my conscious contact with God. Whatever I understand to be God, that I need to, every day, every 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 minute of every day needs to be, I need to be aware that that's the, that's the uh, solution, is that spiritual connection and nothing else. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Happy, Penny. Could I share? It's Mary. Okay, uh, yes, go ahead, Mary. Thank you, everybody. It's Mary M. And I just want to thank all of you. I'm relatively very new to um, been listening to you for a few months, and I'm so grateful to all of you. I feel like I know you, and um, I've known Kathy for quite a while, her voice. But um, I have to say to this morning, that's why I had to share that when Larry was uh, saying, and you may still die in this disease, and when he said that, my mom, who's been dead for 35 years, stood before me in my kitchen, right here in my living room in front of my easy chair, and she stood there, and she's four foot 11, 350 pounds, and she died of this disease. And I heard Larry say, and you still may die in this disease. And I heard it loud and clear, and I am going to die in this disease, but hopefully through all of the things I'm learning from the big book. You know, I've only had my abstinence for five months now. But I really listened to you, and I've learned why I never kept my abstinence. And this story from Fred, all the last five stories, but Fred was where the light went on. I remember I would, and now I know the things where I went out, I'd be sitting in a restaurant with my husband, and I'd be eating my abstinent food, but on his plate was something without thinking, like Fred, without thinking, oh, I'll have one of those. That's protein. I didn't even think of it. But through you guys explaining these paragraphs to me, I can see even the woman who said when she picked up her first slice of pizza, I could see all of these things. So thanks for listening, and God bless you all. And I can't, how can I say thank you? Thank you, Mary. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Well, this is Kathy Kay. Um, I'll take this is Deborah. May I share? Okay, Deborah, go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, welcome. Good morning. Vision for you, fellow. Um, I'm going to focus on, because it, it is so true, it meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out of the window. And this is a been a continuing process. Um, it started with the food and um, everything I thought about it, and it is um, something I have to do with life and my relationships and my interactions and how I behave. And I, you know, the other mentioned the set aside prayer. I really, you know, need to just let go of the old and be open to what my higher power has to say and just 
rely on him to show me the things that I never could imagine. And for that, I am grateful and um, glad to be here with you. And I pass. Thank you, Deborah. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Kathy Kay. Uh, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'd like to take a moment. Um, you know, uh, for the first eight years I was in the 12-step food recovery rooms, I took what I wanted and left the rest, and what I didn't want was uh, a spiritual program. I was a diehard agnostic for 40-some-odd years at that point and um, very uh, close to the idea that there may be something called a spiritual uh, way of life that I could benefit from. And it was only through slipping and sliding and getting nowhere that I was able uh, to become willing Um, And like others have said, uh, what I hear on the phone every day just encourages me to live one more day in partnership with my higher power. And today, as a result of working the steps, I have a relationship, a vital relationship with my higher power. But it took me many, many years to become willing to do the work, to do the work that's outlined and that these 100 fellows followed successfully. So like many others have said, I'm so grateful to be here um, today. And um, uh, I also want to apologize for getting to the meeting late. Um, This uh, was very unfortunate, and I'm sorry. So uh, with that, I'll pass. Who else would like to share? Sue I'm sorry, I didn't get your name. Sue G. Go ahead, Sue. Sue. Hi, I'm Sue G. from just outside Philadelphia. Um, so I was looking at this last sentence. My old manner of life was by no means a bad one, but I would not exchange its best moments for the worst I have now. I would not go back to it even if I could. Um, I'm just thinking of how I came into this fellowship, which might have some bearing. It's sort of similar to some other people. I I came in here after a long time in another fellowship from which I really was having a change in my life that was very fundamental that addressed part of my problem with food. And so I would say I became about 98% sane, but as they say about being a little pregnant, you can't be a little bit, sane and really be sane. And so so that the sunlight of the spirit was not exactly there. It was there in many ways, but not really there. So I came in here, um, and I really haven't had much of a problem with the food. I came in here Im- imperfectly surrendered, but I came in here willing to submit because I, I knew how that worked, that you have to do the program. And what I what I did learn when I finally really 
work steps one, two, and three in OA, when I really surrendered rather than submitted, when I surrendered my eating disorder to the higher power, then I learned, yes, I am absolutely unable to stay stopped. And I kind of knew that when I came in. I knew I need help. I thought, I need help from a fellowship that's going to help me not pick up after I'm done dieting. That's that's how I looked at it. And that changed with the working of the first three steps for me when I really surrendered the food, when I stopped playing God. And I had a sponsor who said, get out of your head. And I wanted to kill her, but I got out of my head enough so I could go back there being humble first, and then I could go into my head. And, And so I surrendered the eating and the food and really had relatively little problem with it, and I've had a steady progress, and, and I'm pretty close to my normal weight now. And and now I feel, okay, when I get there, God's going to tell me what to do, that that I don't, I'm not vulnerable anymore because I'm not playing God anymore. And that was the little piece of insanity. I was playing God about my eating disorder, and it just wasn't working. So I had to take a good, careful look at it, admit that, yeah, it got progressively worse with with my life and with the with my age. And I came in in my mid-60s, and, um, and sometimes I'd say, oh, someone who's 20 is here. Why wasn't I? And then I realized, well, you know what? I've learned from my whole life. I don't, I don't regret any of it. So thanks, OA. Thanks, A Vision for You. And uh, I pass. Thank you, Sue G. Thank you to everyone. It's now time to close the meeting. Um, thanks for everyone who shared and who is with us today. We will now close with the reading on page 164 of Vision for You, and then followed it by the Serenity Prayer. Uh, Deborah R., can you read that for us? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Deborah, are you there? Okay. Um, is there someone else who would like to read on page 164? Hi. Yeah, I'm having. T- this is Deborah. I'm sorry, the technical so difficult. Deborah, thank you. Here we go. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of the past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, 